Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, you all, and uh, welcome to our weekly episode of Taking Care of Business. Uh, we in Canada, we are just over four months out from the Canadian gov- federal government uh, going to legalize uh, the recreational use of cannabis. Uh, in past few months, we have noticed a rush for gold by many investors and entrepreneurs trying to establish their operation in operations in order to get the promised license to be a cannabis retailer. My guest today uh, and his partner started a company a year ago, not knowing whether they will get a license for their, for their operation or not. They're all entrepreneurs with vast experience in the retail world. Our guest, my guest today is Angus Taylor, CAO New Leaf Cannabis. Good morning, David. Good morning, Angus, and thank you for being uh, my guest today this wonderful morning. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, by the way, what's CAO? I know COO, oh, <laughs> Chief Administrative Officer, oh, I, see, I suppose. I, see. Yeah, I, I guess I. That's the guy who gets to taste all the product? Uh, well, I, I suppose so, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, you have to read a lot of paperwork, I guess, is probably what I do mostly. I see. Uh, I met uh, Angus and his partners at the International Conference of Shopping Centers uh, in Whistler, BC, less than a month ago where they were trying to pitch uh, their future operations to landlords trying to secure retail presence. How did it go, by the way? Uh, It went very well, yeah. Uh, We met uh, a lot of the national uh, large landlords, and uh, we talked to them about our brand, what we we do inside our store that's maybe different from others, and the kind of cannabis experience that we want to provide to to customers who've both used in the past and and, uh, to which the product's new. And where do you... Old retailers, or sorry, old landlords, open to get cannabis into their premises? Uh, sadly, no. Um, <laughs> you know, there's uh, uh, a number of the larger landlords, in particular, because they're public companies. Uh, many of them struggle with uh, the perceptions of of the industry in the past, and uh, they're definitely being conservative in in terms of sort of waiting to see how this industry rolls out. So I know this is a question I should ask at the, at the end, but. Is it kind of uh, people are afraid from what they don't know yet? That's yeah, I, what you I, feel? I would say definitely so. Uh, there's obviously a lot of stigma attached to the use of the product from 50 years of uh, the government, you know, teaching everyone that it's a terrible thing. Uh, and, you know, those those things have stuck in many people's brains. And, and, you know, there's lots of imagery in people's heads about what a cannabis user looks like and uh, what they what they do. And, and frankly, we're not a bunch of hippies that uh, are going to be making a, a mess of a shopping center. So uh, we're just a, a normal store that's that's selling a product just like alcohol. I see. Um, um, so, Angus, you and your uh, partner started your company, New Leaf Cannabis, uh, about a year ago, and you're kind of now in the process of trying to secure uh, both license and locations. Um, before we jump into the uh, business and, and what's going on in your kind of uh, prep time, uh, because the date is July 1st, right? And uh, which now I understand will be a, a even a little bit later, August, with the Senate approving it. So we'll talk about it later. But when I was doing the research about your uh, bio, 
Um, I found something very that was very interesting. I didn't even know about you. Um, that you were the president for about four years between 2002 and 2006 of the Alberta Rockies Mountaineering Foundation. Ah, that's true, yes. Uh, so what is this foundation? Can you share with us? Uh, it was an organization I created uh, to essentially lead a um, public climbing event. Uh, in 2005 was Alberta's 100th anniversary. And I decided to organize a mountaineering project to celebrate uh, that anniversary by um, climbing at least 100 peaks throughout the Rockies. So it was it was meant to be a, a volunteer uh, effort. We had over a thousand climbers participate in climbing. I think 112 mountains in the end. Uh, there were 140 attempted, but 112 uh, got people to the summit, and it was a wonderful wonderful way to spend a year. I see. Does this foundation still exist? Uh, no, we did close it down after uh, the expedition was closed. But you know. One hundred and twenty-five uh, birthday for Alberta. Maybe we'll uh, resurrect it and, and take a look at seeing if we can get up one hundred and twenty-five yeah. mountains. Don't call me. All right. <laughs> Unless it's with a chopper. Um, so, what kind of experience did you gain through that kind of four years of being the president and leading uh, volunteers and people that wanted to climb and? Uh, mostly how to grow an organization from a person of one uh, into an organization that can facilitate uh, a major event like that. So uh, beginning with understanding how you gain the momentum for the organization, how you attract uh, grants and, and, and sponsorship to, 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 the, uh, to the event um, that ultimately have to pay for the, the, the salaries and wages of the staff that we ended up hiring. So uh, even though it was a volunteer event, we, uh, we certainly couldn't have run it without paid staff. So that was your first experience as an entrepreneur? I, uh, no, not really. Uh, I, I was in alternative health in my 20s. And, okay. and uh, so I, I ran a, a small clinic uh, and um, I transitioned out of that as uh, into, into education. And uh, while I was doing uh, some master studies, that's when I, I kicked off the climbing expedition. We're going to, uh, the last question I have before we get to know you a little bit better is uh, as when I was reading about this foundation, I, I saw that you have on your bio that you skied over 500 kilometers in the Rocky Mountains. That was, uh, yeah, in addition to the, the summiting um, event, we also uh, did a large ski traverse. Um, it was just me and, a, and, and my brother and a couple of uh, my close friends. Um, the intention was actually to ski the entire Continental Divide right from Waterton all the way past Jasper. Um, but unlike this winter, uh, it was a very warm one that year, and, and the snowpack below 5,000 feet actually melted to the ground. So uh, we ended up having to change our route a little bit. Uh, we started at Kananaskis Lakes, skied to the Columbia Icefields, and, and uh, it was still a great trip. <laughs> so I understand you're a skier. That's true. Yeah. So um, I have a question for you, both as a skier, and, but most, impo most important probably as a Canadian, Albertan, and Calgary businessman. Should we bid for the 2026 Olympic as <laughs> Calgary? Um, personally, I say no. Uh, I was That's around. a surprise for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, 88 was fun, um, and you know, retroactively, it was a very successful games. Probably one of the most successful in in Olympic history, uh, financially for the city and and in general, but. The reality is that the games have changed, and it, in the last 20 years, I don't think that there's a city that's made money on the games, and uh, if it's about creating infrastructure, we have wonderful athletic facilities already in the city. Maybe some of them need to be renewed, but I don't need the Olympic Games to 
to pay for a new hockey arena or uh, some other events for private business that uh, would take the free money when it's offered, but uh, would uh, say that they can't do it otherwise. Okay. <laughs> so here's okay. my political rant. On yeah, that that's for the okay. Day. Uh, I, guess, I guess you're concerned about your license from the city. That's why you're being politically correct. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, so uh, let's start, talk about uh, Angus a little bit. So where were you born? Where are you from? I was actually born in the UK in Liverpool. Uh, moved to Canada as a young as a young boy, uh, three or four, to Edmonton originally. And um, when I was 18 and started university, I moved to Calgary, uh, largely to be closer to the mountains, to be fair. And, uh, and so, I've so always you stayed grew in up in you grew up in Edmonton. I did, yeah. So what kind of kid were you growing up? Like uh, outdoorsy, indoorsy. Uh, Pretty much. No, I was I was the kid that climbed the trees and and uh, spent most of my time outside, and uh, we we lived on the edge of uh, the river valley, so I used to cross country ski all winter long, and and uh, yeah. So, so your passion to ski is from a young age. Yeah, and that was really my parents too. To be fair, where they loved the outdoors. My dad was a climber when he was in his youth, and um, as a, I think I was on skis at the age of four. So um, that's late, today. <laughs> Perhaps uh, <clears throat> I guess I started my kids about the same age. So now um, you said you were born in Liverpool, right? And I have to ask you a question. I'm 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 a big uh, sports fan. Uh huh. So are you a Canadian hockey, or you are an Englishman that supports football called soccer in North America? I would say I'm probably more of a fair weather hockey fan. <laughs> I I did grow up in Edmonton, so I'm an Oilers fan, but. Um, you know, any Oilers fan will tell you that that's been tough for the last decade or so. So I'm uh, so, probably so is Liverpool. Well, <laughs> perhaps we haven't won so many trophies, but uh, I, w- I do turn into those games every weekend. So uh, I'd say I'm more of a hockey or more of a soccer fan. <laughs> okay, and, and you, the sport that you were busy with it was mostly ski, or yeah, mostly. I, I was actually more rock climbing, to be to be honest. Uh, in my teens, I, I started climbing. And um, climbing, it took me around the world. So I've climbed on four or five continents, oh, five continents indeed. And, um, and that was the excuse for most of my youth travel. Which continents are you missing? Oh, well, Antarctica and, um, and Africa I haven't climbed on. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, well, you're, just, you're still young. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, um, so any entrepreneurs in your family, parents, siblings? Uh, my my dad um, was actually a university professor, but always sort of, uh, he had a passion for um, antique maps and prints. And um, when I was a teenager, uh, he opened a store uh, to, in in Victoria to to, to sell maps. Um, I got involved in the business, doing the bookkeeping and and and, uh, and and managing the stock and that sort of thing. So I saw at an early age um, sort of what it takes to run a business. And I've probably always um, been bent on, on, on doing that myself. I see. Um, so you mentioned that uh, at age 18, you moved to Calgary. Right. Uh, so that was the end of high school. And you went to University of Calgary. That's what the reason you moved? That's right, yeah. So what did you take at university? I uh, started in phys ed, uh, which then transitioned into kinesiology. So I guess um, my 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 undergraduate studies are, are, are much more science and biology uh, uh, focused. I see. And what did you, you finished your diploma and then what? Um, and, and then I started working in alternative health. So I actually started teaching anatomy and physiology at a, um, at a massage therapy school. And, um, and from that, I, I was able to open um, a massage clinic, which I had some uh, employees that, that worked with me at. 
and uh, I did that for about seven years. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned master's degree you have as well? I went to Royal Roads University and um, it was actually a, a, a distance education program um, that I was taking at the time. Uh, in, in what? Well, it was it, it was about distance education itself. So how do you mm -hmm. teach mm -hmm. in non-face-to-face -face environments? And uh, how do you essentially deliver information and, uh, and make certain that people understand it? I see. And, um, you know, during that uh, period of time that you go and you open your first clinic and then you go to master's, did you have any kind of uh, person of influence or, or events that influenced your kind of directions? I, I think I've always tried to uh, seek out mentors um, in, in all of the career fields that I've, I've pursued. Um, and honestly, none of, nothing I took in school I really pursued as, as, a, uh, as a career. So <laughs> my, my personal passions have really steered the ship and uh, have drawn me towards uh, the work that I've, I've, I've done. So I, I always try and do the things that I like to do. And, and I think that you're better off enjoying your work. So why is it on your bio you don't mention the massage clinic and you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, sustainable building specialist at Stantec, vice president and at uh, uh, Chlorofuels, senior manager of transportation at C3. Where's the, well, I suppose, where's the fun that you had? Well, I, you know what, sustainability is fun to me as well. I'm passionate about the environment and renewable energy. And uh, when I finished the expedition, it was sort of a cathartic moment. I had to sort of decide what I was going to do. I'd been would you grow up? Uh, <laughs> in a way, I'd been uh, really planning that 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 project for uh, three years previously. So um, I, I was, you know, I had some options. I was uh, interested in potentially pursuing um, a career in in film and television because we shot uh, the Ski Traverse as a documentary. Uh, so I got to understand that industry quite well as I was. Um, uh, trying to fund that project, um, I realized that that's a that's a tough business. Frankly, if you're not if you don't live in Toronto, uh, the film and television sector in Canada is highly concentrated, and uh, it is unfocused in terms of um, providing opportunities to young producers, in particular. So in 2014, you start your own company, mm -hmm. HD Biofuels. Bio that's right. So. What made you decide that you need to start your own company in 2014? Yeah, I had previously been working for an environmental NGO, and uh, we had been, you know, I had become aware, even uh, when I was working for uh, the engineering firms that, 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 that I uh, spent some time in, um, I became a, a, a biomass sort of specialist in, in our renewable energy group. and. Uh, that had me understanding a lot of the emerging technologies that were um, becoming available uh, in, in biomass. I identified one that uh, created a synthetic coal. And uh, my, my belief was that a great emissions reduction strategy for Canada and especially Alberta because of the um, reliance on coal-fired power here was to transition off of regular coal and into waste biomass streams. So even if it wasn't a total conversion of that power plant to a renewable fuel, it could at least shave the emissions in a, uh, in a gradual fashion. So we get emission reductions now instead of in 2030. Uh, but... Uh, you, you explained to me the whole process. Why did you decide that you need to have uh, your own company? What was the decision factor that you said, I need my own company? 
because I, I felt that there was no way to, 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 to push the agenda that, that I was trying to otherwise. Um, I believed in, in what we were trying to do to the point where I believed it more than anybody else. So <laughs> if you've got the faith, then you, you've got to bring people to your, your concept. I see. And how is it going? Uh, well, the the province made a regulatory decision to close down the power plants, and uh, that left me with no customers. <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, we, we got fairly close to working with all the major power plants, and uh, they were very interested in the mission potential, but uh, shuttering a plant means that there's no real need to, to build uh, the kind of infrastructure that was going to take. Uh, I have one last question before sure. we go to the commercial first commercial break. So we just celebrated family uh, weekend. Uh, you are married. Yes. With two kids. Your wife in does what? I my wife's a teacher, uh, so she works at at uh, local public school. And the kids, how old are they? Five and eight. Nice. Uh, and how did you guys enjoy the family weekend? Uh, you know what seems to be common these, these days, uh, with me apologizing for not being there. <laughs> uh, so the life of an entrepreneur, especially at uh, the startup stage, is that there are sacrifices. And unfortunately, the number of days I'm spending on my skis this year and uh, the hours that I get to spend with the family are a little less than usual. I see. We reached our first commercial break. I encourage uh, our listeners, just open a new tab and go to www.newleafcannabis.ca. Check out the timeline for cannabis to be legalized and go over frequently asked questions. We will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You 
You're tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back with my guest, uh, Angus Taylor, Chief Administrative Administrative Officer for New Leaf Cannabis. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as I said, I've learned a new thing today. Uh, so usually the next question I ask re- way later in the program. So what is, you know, New Leaf Cannabis' mission, vision, and purpose? Is it to make Canada high? Uh, no. Well, I mean, uh, the pursuit of... Uh, Really, it's about it's about educating people and and creating a safe environment for uh, our customers. Um, we know that that this is a a, a major change uh, for all of Canadians. Some people are not super happy about it, but uh, lots of people are. Um, we know that there's interest in in uh, the kind of benefits that, that that using cannabis can bring to your life, and a lot of people frankly, haven't tried it simply because it was illegal. So we're going to see a lot of newcomers, um, and we want to make sure that everybody has a great cannabis experience and, and uh, frankly, doesn't, um, uh, doesn't, doesn't choose the wrong product for them so that they have an experience that is uncomfortable. I see. Um, since this was in the making for a long period of time, people were talking about legalizing pot for a lot, for ages, uh, but it was illegal. It was it's a new industry basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, medicine, you know, used for medicine, but not nothing for aggression. So, how does this idea of you know creating new leaf uh, cannabis came about? So I was doing uh, some consulting work a year ago for a uh, pending licensed producer. So this would be a company that intends to grow cannabis. And um, I had done some gr- uh, government relations work from them uh, for them as well as some modeling of uh, production systems. And uh, it became apparent to me that the timing for legalization was, uh, was imminent. Um, as soon as the liberals got in power. Well, I did campaign on it, uh, <laughs> although, you know, you're never uh, entirely sure that a campaign promise is actually going to make it to the floor. Um, happy that, that they did decide to keep this one. Uh, and the pace at, at which they've um, moved towards legalization has is, is been quite rapid, actually, uh, maybe uncomfortably so for all the other levels of government that have to deal with uh, all the policy uh, changes that they have to make as well. So you you were doing consulting for uh, a grower. That's right. And then you saw the opportunity. Indeed, yeah. And the t- what, what it really is about timing, of course, with all things in business. So um, I, I started to recognize uh, what month it was going to be this year, where critical decisions um, were going to be made by the province, primarily. Uh, between a public or a private retail system. Uh, we campaigned heavily to try and get uh, a public, uh, not to try and get a private retail uh, environment in Alberta. And um, thankfully, the, the, the government uh, chose t- uh, to do that. Um, and as a result, Alberta actually has the most open environment to create a cannabis business in the country. So you spearheaded kind of trying to, or building new leaf or uh 
you kind of convinced your partners that this is the right approach or the right direction to go? Yeah, that's well. So I approached a couple of uh, of, of friends, um, also in, in in other businesses, uh, and 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 we started to talk about timing and and how we would uh, how we could create an advantage for ourselves and um, the pursuit of uh, real estate in particular. Uh, obviously. Retail is about location, location, location. Correct. Uh, and our philosophy is that we believe that cannabis will be normalized uh, in the next few years in most people's thinking. And as a result, stores, uh, we, we believe in positioning stores close to where people do shopping. And um, and as a matter of convenience, they'll, they'll, they'll use our shop. Here's the word um, I approach a few friends. Um, I don't know if you heard this before, but... Um, Maybe you have that, uh, you know, you don't do business with friends or family. How does this work for you guys? Uh, I would joke and say, well, we're not that good of friends. But uh, <laughs> no, no, the, uh, the, the truth is uh, that this is a very difficult business to start. And in, in my opinion, if you're not friends with the people you, you, you work with, it's going to be a lot tougher to, to, to get, get to the finish line. So... Uh, fundamentally, we like being around each other, and um, and that's why we're partners. I see. You're not afraid to lose the friendship over. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, of course. Um, arguments. I suppose, but I also married my best friend, so uh, I wouldn't have feared uh, the breakup <laughs> if uh, that was the case. I see. Uh, so, so do you have guys? Do you guys now have your mission, vision, and, and purpose as a company? We do absolutely. And, and uh, when you, you know, it's a it's a long process because uh, I think we are now two years or three years since the liberals got in power and announced that. It's going to take place. So, mm-hmm. in a long process like this, um, are you guys using a business uh, coach, a mentor? Because um, it can be frustrating to go through that, such a long uh, process, and it costs money. It does cost money. Um, much of it has been out of pocket, frankly, uh, to the, to this point. Um, we did raise some money in the fall uh, from friends and family to um, allow us to sort of continue to expand our our, our, our uh, uh, acquisition of leases, um, and you know we continue to raise money uh, going forward to to complete our build out. But um, you know we've got a big goal, and that requires cash more than what we have ourselves. So we have to find uh, some equity investors. And, as well. and do you use any kind of outside advice through a business coach or mentors? I would uh, say it's tough to find mentors in an industry that is just new. That's that's true. Um, however, business is business. Correct. Uh, and. Uh, I would say all of us have an extended network of, of people that we've always worked with. That, I mean, I, I have num- probably three people that I would consider business mentors to myself that I have certainly been talking to about uh, about what we're doing. And, and uh, you always need a sounding board. So, um, yeah, I've always accessed mentors in that way. There was a recent poll done about legalizing cannabis in Canada. I think it was in Alberta. And, and it's, I'd say the jury is still out, right? Split 50-50, whether it should be or not. Um, or maybe people said 50% that would not try it. What was the, uh, how did the public, meaning family, friends, accepted, okay, I'm going to open a cannabis uh, retail kind of chain. What was the feedback? Well, uh, you know that it, it, it's, 
that first call when you phone your parents and say, hey, this is the business that I'm getting into. Uh, you always wonder about how that's going to go. In fact, they were actually really enthusiastic um, about it. We, I had talked to them for, for years about uh, the, the coming opportunities that legalization represented. So they weren't surprised, frankly, when, when I said I'd put together a team and, and we were pursuing pursuing this in a serious way. I think they, they were mostly concerned that it wouldn't be a serious pursuit and uh, when they realized that we'd, we'd really put some muscle in the team um, they, they think it's great did you guys uh, create the unanimous shareholder agreement between the three of you we did yes yeah, yeah. that's a very important key for a partnership <laughs> that's right yeah absolutely so you build a business plan right and you are three partners we are yes yeah. Um, so, do you make kind of a decision, decisions who is responsible for what? Is there kind of a split of responsibilities? To some degree, and, and the, one of the nice things about the, my partners is that we have slightly different backgrounds, and, and so uh, not a lot of skill overlap, so it's been pretty easy to sort of decide uh, who's best to do what particular work in the company, and, um, but we, you know, we're constantly um, running to the next thing I suppose this is uh, we're a bit like firemen right now putting out uh, fires all over the place and, and I don't expect that to change for, for quite some time <laughs> did you decide who has to taste everything before you, <laughs> you sell <laughs> well I, to be fair I'm a medical cannabis patient myself um, and I've, I've used cannabis to help me sleep for 20 years uh, and when it finally became um, you know it was finally available to me from a medical uh, provider. Um, I was very happy about that because, frankly, trying to acquire product in the old world uh, meant that you were uh, having to have uh, an awkward transaction with somebody in a parking lot somewhere, and uh, frankly, you don't really know what you're buying. And uh, uh, you know what kind of conditions it's been grown under, what's been sprayed on it. Yeah. Um, you get what you get, and. That's all there is. So very happy that the industry is now very legitimate and very clean, and uh, people so, can be comfortable that the products they're getting so are the well tested. So the short answer is that you're going to taste every, to try everything <laughs> as, <laughs> as the CEO. Uh, let's go back to the, uh, the the partnership. So you are three people, and another phrase that is very common is uh, two is company, three is crowd." Right. Um, so, what is the decision-making process between the three of you? Is it majority rules? Is it uh, mostly consensus? Mostly consensus. To be fair, um, we like to talk things through, and then we normally come up to the same with the same opinion. Um, occasionally, one of us has disagreed, and and that okay. person has a veto or not? No, we don't do it that way. You don't do it. So it's majority rules. Yeah, but I think if anybody is really passionate about something, the others uh, really take that into account. So you mentioned that uh, you, well, you are an entrepreneur, uh, you are an entrepreneur, your partners are have entrepreneurship experience as well. Building a new business uh, from the ground up while you don't even know whether you'll have a license or not, what are the challenges other than the license that you're facing right now? Uh well, one of one of them is, um, you know, especially when we were making our early moves, because we made some, uh, you know, pretty risky, uh, what what people perceived as pretty risky moves last summer by actually leasing property and well in advance of of the province deciding whether public versus private was 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 gonna uh, was gonna happen. So. Um, part of it is having the intestinal fortitude to believe in what you're doing, um, because you're risking your own money. Uh, 
so that's part of it, I would say. And, and secondly, it's about making sure that the information that you're making decisions upon is good information. Um, and because this was a major regulatory event, we spent a lot of time meeting and, and, and discussing the, the emergent industry with, with government officials at all levels. Um, we, we, we tried to influence that decision as best we could uh, so that we get the outcome that obviously we're happy to have uh, seen right now. Um, when we uh, met at the International Conference of Shopping Centers, uh, and we kind of chatted for a few minutes, you mentioned that you see also a lot of your competitors, or at least three, four, five, I can't even remember the number. Um, so is it, it seems that if I have to kind of look, uh, use a phrase from the past, it's almost the rush for, for the gold cannabis. Um, <laughs> and, and how hard or easy is it to raise funds right now to do it? Uh, it's always create. challenging. Uh, you know, in any emerging business or any startup, it's always, you know, finding that your uh, seed capital is, is always uh, the preoccupation of the early days of your business. Um, it has, I would say it's not been super difficult. Uh, we, we were able to... Uh, uh, raise friends and family money um, quite simply uh, and, and very quickly. And, uh, you know, that's trading on the fact that, that all of us have very good back, uh, backgrounds, and especially in retail, and, um, and that they believed in the business plan. So um, we've been organized in terms of um, creating the right documents for people to understand the scope of what we're trying to pull off and what our financial needs are so there, there's a clear understanding of, of how much money we need, what it's going to be used for, and what the payoff for the investor is going to be. So if the government today decides, you know what, everything is ready, it's March 1, are you guys ready to roll? Uh, not March 1. <laughs> even July, uh, frankly, even July, as you mentioned earlier, uh, is, is likely slipping. Um, we had always intended to, to have our stores open for the July 1st anyways, so that's a plan that we're still um, intending to, uh, uh, follow. to follow. If it's three or four weeks um, before legalization happens, um, that's in a way a good thing for, for us as, as, uh, as a business because although maybe some of the revenues don't start right away, our staff have that much more opportunity to become um, more knowledgeable and better trained. And, uh, and that's where we're making our big investments. As we discuss, as, as I asked you a question uh, earlier, we said we saw about five of your competitors at uh, with certain people that we you know, right? So I may, maybe there were more. What happens if some of those guys or don't get the license? What happens to that investment? Uh, well, I guess uh, if they've leased spaces and they don't get a license for that space, whatever um, deal they worked out with the landlord, uh, you know, it's a contract. They'll have to honor that in one way or another. Um, we have some clauses on, on sort of minimum uh, get out costs. If, if we don't get a license for a particular location, uh, we'll have to pay, you know. So the biggest risk right now financially, if someone doesn't get the license, is only the real estate uh, commitment? I would say yes, truly. You didn't hire anyone yet, um, even though I saw on your website hiring soon. Mm -hmm. We are we are actually uh, interviewing area managers right now, so we intend to have um, between fifteen and twenty stores across the province and potentially in Saskatchewan as well. And 
so we need some senior leadership in, in, in terms of uh, store management. So we're, we're looking at, at, at resumes for, for those types of, of people right now. We intend to do a job fair in the spring, probably late April, early May, and that's when we expect to do the majority of our hiring. Uh, one last question before we go to the, the second commercial break. When do you expect the federal or the provincial government to announce who gets the license? Uh, they opened up the application uh, process, or at least um, they, an- they announced the application process just last week. Uh, they are receiving applications as of March 6th, and they have said that it should take between two and four months um, to uh, get a license, depending on the quality of your application and I how see. clean it is, that sort of thing. So no July 1st for anyone to open a store? Uh, well... Maybe, but uh, yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, we reached our second commercial break. Once again, during our commercial break, I advise our listeners, open a new tab again at www.newleafcannabis.ca. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and connect with them on LinkedIn. We'll be back following the commercial. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Uh, We're back with our guest, uh, Angus Taylor, CAO of New Leaf Cannabis for the home stretch of our today's uh, Taking Care of Business. So, Angus, uh, I I want to ask you something about that. Another thing that I saw on your uh, website, on the New Leaf website that intrigued me is uh, you have a, a portion there when you scroll down that says we're looking for uh, ways to support the communities. Um, can you elaborate? What do you mean you're looking for ways to support the communities? Uh, well, as I mentioned before, our, our philosophy is is that we want stores in, in neighborhoods. Uh, so we, we believe that putting our store to, close to where people live um, is the right business decision for our company. And what we what we know is, is that we will be highly visible in these communities. And uh, it's our intention that we want to be good neighbors, we want to be welcomed, and uh, we don't want to be seen as, as someone that's unwelcome. So 
Um, I think one thing that we're doing that many companies don't is, is we're actually meeting with community associations uh, that, that surround our, our store locations uh, to talk about the kind of business that we are and uh, what, what our store is going to look like. We're, we're not going to be um, some dirty head shop uh, or bong shop that, that people are maybe somewhat familiar with but concerned that, that, that that's the kind of style and, and, and customer that's going to come to their neighborhood. How, how receptive are those communities to you opening stores there? Uh, mixed, I would say. Uh, I have uh, a meeting with a community association uh, this evening, for instance, that, that uh, has raised uh, quite a few concerns. Um, so we're there to listen and, and to talk to them about those concerns and to try and understand what they are so that we can make, either make adjustments to the way in which we, we work in that community um, or or engage them specifically on, on, on items. So we also actually want to participate in the community. So, uh, you know, if we can provide uh, people to community cleanup events or uh, other activities that the community association actually identifies, really it's their needs that we want to help um, and, and not be presumptive of, of the kind of projects that we could initiate on their behalf. So it's not just a gimmick to get the license. Absolutely not. No, we went. We 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 want to talk to these communities, uh, and it's been a, our philosophy from the beginning that that's important. <laughs> I see. Um, you know, let's assume that I make the decision about the license. Uh, what makes new cannabis, new leaf cannabis, unique compared to the others that are fighting to get this license? I. Uh, I guess I don't want to throw my, um, you know, my fellow uh, cannabis um, entrepreneurs under any buses or not. No. I think actually most of us are, are, are really promoting the same thing. Um, we want an environment for this industry that uh, is safe. Um, we, we, we want it to be well received by the communities. And we certainly don't want public opinion to change about cannabis based on uh, behavior of, uh, of, of retailers. So what we see, frankly, out there is, is that most of us are saying the same thing. We, we want to create open and, and, and inviting stores. We want everybody to feel comfortable in them. That's over 18, of course. And, uh, and, and, and we want to provide those customers with the right education so that they're not, uh, again, going to find themselves in a, uh, an experience that they're not comfortable with. I see. Um, but we are responsible and... Uh, uh, you know, we're going to be the kind of um, business operator that, again, like our whole community focus uh, would speak to, that, that we care about the people that live around us and the businesses that are our neighbors, and that we're not going to uh, um, act in a way that would, would make them either uncomfortable or, um, or, 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 or feel that we're not a contributor to the community. Um, I have a question regarding the... Uh comparison between the U.S. and Canada. In the U.S., the first two states that legalized cannabis were Washington and, and Colorado, which created cannabis tourism, created a lot of, uh, uh, you know, support for the real estate in those uh, states, a lot of support for employment in these states, but it's only two states, and then it grew to another three or four states. We still have another 40 or more that don't have legalized cannabis. In Canada, the federal government is legalizing the whole country. Um, it seems to me, and, and I'm talking now as a business owner, that the rush for gold here looks at what happened across the border and think, oh, 
we'll have so many people come to our stores all over the place because, well, I don't have to drive across the border from Saskatchewan or British Columbia to Alberta. I can buy it in my own yard. Do you see kind of where, where my concern is in terms of business investment? Well, I mean, uh, cannabis tourism, if, if you're focusing on that in particular, uh, you know, may not be as big a business in, in Canada as it is in, uh, has been in Colorado. So it's possible that, that those kinds of um, business ventures will, will spring up to, uh, to support people that are coming from outside. Um, but in general, um, we're not focused on, on trying to uh, satisfy a tourist market. Our, our stores, frankly, aren't in the mountains. Uh, they're all in cities. Um, again, we're, we're, we put our stores where people live, and we expect our customers to be um, residents of the communities that are close to us. But you're going to advertise in Montana and Idaho. Uh, well, we, there's actually there's going to be a lot of restrictions on advertising, so we'll we'll, we'll obviously follow the rules and, and what we're allowed to do, and uh, we'll take advantage of the advertising opportunities that are open to us too. Okay, let's go back now to uh, since the, the the show is about entrepreneurship and, and we uh, we can't you know it's too early to bring samples. You couldn't bring samples because it's not legal yet. We'll probably invite you again with samples when it's all legalized and you get your license. Uh, but let's go back to the partnership. Um, you mentioned that each partner has a previous uh, experience in business, uh, both as employee and as an entrepreneur. Um, so what kind of experience each one of you brings? What's different? Like, How do you build it as a harmonious place? That What's your strength? What's their strength? Sure. So my background is, is uh, has been very involved in regulatory work, um, energy industry in particular, and renewables in particular. Uh, so I'm quite used to um, dealing with regulations and, and working with government on, uh, on their modification. And, um, uh, one of my other partners was a vice president at Shoppers Drug Mart, um, and uh, he ran all of uh, Shoppers stores. and. Uh, in Alberta, so you know, and and, and our third partner uh, has a chain of, of vape stores. So between the three of us, we've got a lot of chops when it comes to retail, um, which I think is important because, frankly, a, a lot of the people that are interested in partic participating in this business don't know what it, what it, what it means to run a retail store and and all of the complications and and detail oriented um, effort and and attention that that requires. Um. How do you keep each other accountable, the three of you? Because you said that each one of you is kind of brings a different experience and then responsible for different items. We talk to each other every day and ask how things are going and uh, you know where things are at. So um, so far we're we're working great as a group, and um, I would say we're we're moving from strength to strength. Um, and that's about checking in and, and making sure that you know the work you've you've promised to do is is getting done. Um, and when things come up and, and work that was planned gets interrupted, you create a plan to figure out how you deal with that. So, so nobody's slacking. I wouldn't say so. <laughs> if someone slacks, how do you deal with that? I, you know, communication. Uh, you know, the, talking with people is, is is how you do it. Even with our lower level staff, when we when we hire them. Um, uh, that will be the way that we uh, we address issues with with everyone in the company. So who is the CEO? Well, John, John's the CEO, um, and uh, but corporate titles are, are, are 
frankly irrelevant internally. Uh, they are always meant, meant for people who are on the outside of the business to understand our relevance in the company. Maybe we should ask him if it's irrelevant. You <laughs> <laughs> just showed the CEO. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, maybe he got upset about that. I don't know. Um, how would you describe your personal leadership style? Uh, open and um, friendly, probably. I'm uh, I'm a person that, that thinks that you get more by encouragement than by uh, by discipline. So I think that that people are motivated to uh, do things for you when they um, feel empowered. And so my concept of leadership is to get the team uh, to be responsible for as much as possible. And as a leader, I steer the ship, but the manning of the oars is, 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 uh, is, is what has to get done by, by the team. And um, so it's, it's really about, again, being very open with the whole plan and edu- um, you know, in- informing the group of, of what our intentions are. Because then as soon as everybody understands why, then they understand um, why they need to work hard. I see. Um, so let's assume that New Leaf Cannabis gets a license and you guys have your mission, vision, purpose, and you have your business plan. Let's move, let's jump 10 years forward, 2028. Where do you see New Leaf Cannabis and the cannabis industry in 10 years? I <clears throat> I spoke to normalization earlier. I, I guess that's what I would feel is, is most likely um, going to be the case 10 years from now. Uh, stores aren't going to feel uh, strange or unusual. Um, cannabis consumption will probably increase to a certain extent um, as people realize that there's great benefits that they can get from from the product no, it's not just about getting high it's there's there's a lot of medicinal properties in in this plant that can benefit uh, people especially aging people so uh, we see a lot of uh, growth in in the user groups that are that are uh, boomers and up frankly uh, that are dealing with uh, aches and pains, arthritis, and, and, and some of the conditions that uh, cannabis has been proven to, uh, to help. Do you see any, or what is the support uh, you guys and, and people like you that are trying to move into the retail space getting from the growers? Uh, the growers, um, are, I mean, with every province having a different retail system, the growers have been trying to understand how they interact with them like we all have been. Uh, the relationship in Alberta is going to be different than in other provinces uh, because we have this private system here. So we're meeting with with many of the LPs to to talk about how do we educate the customer about the products that you will be selling through our store. So we, we're really focusing on how do we incorporate our educational focus into the products that they are going to be providing to us and encouraging them to give us as much marketing material and, and, uh, and information about them so that, uh, frankly, we can we can impart that to the people that are interested in it. And they will share this information with everybody or they have kind of favorite favorites? No. Uh, <laughs> what do you feel? <laughs> well, the province is actually... Um, I'm talking about the growers. Yeah, so the, but the province has been very, very... So we cannot have business-to-business relationships with the LPs. Um, that's something that the province has put into the legislation itself. So as a retailer, actually, it's very much like liquor in Alberta. Uh, they, uh, the province acts as a central wholesaler, and all of the liquor retailers um, purchase out of that wholesale. And 
we all have equal access to all the products that are available in the wholesale catalog. Uh, and so the licensed producers themselves can't have any sort of side deals with, with stores to say that, well, you're going to be our promotion of, of this product. Um, so, again, we are assuming that you get the license. We hope you get the license. You're, it seems that you guys are doing the right uh, things. What will be... Uh, the first two strategic initiatives that New Leaf uh, Cannabis will have for the first 18 months once the license is out and you are out there? Uh, well, building this, the scope of the business, um, we believe that uh, moving into product manufacturing uh, is probably our next step. Uh, the processing of cannabis into other products is is what's been um, publicly said, you know, in terms of edibles and and other forms of uh, of cannabis products. Those will be allowed probably a year um, from the legalization date, uh, which I, I, I totally understand. Um, the federal government and all the other levels of of, of government have uh, been working really hard to get this. Uh, done in, in the short time that, that they've had uh, and it really was just too much to say okay we're going to allow everything all at the same time so uh, we feel that, that, that we'll probably be starting to make investments into manufacturing um, starting in the fall. I see. Uh, what keeps you awake at night? That you need to use cannabis to get to sleep. Uh, I have always had an active mind uh, when I've been sleeping, and uh, and I, I still only sleep a, a few hours a, a night. But um, I, I I have, as I said, I used used cannabis to to help me sort of quiet the mind a little bit, so that I can um, I actually get some rest. You know, uh, the next question. I uh, you're the first entrepreneur that I interviewed that is in the process of making a new company or a new venture. Usually I interview people that already are in the business. Um, so any piece of advice for someone who wants to start today to become an entrepreneur today and start a business doesn't have to be in the cannabis in every aspect. From your experience in the last year, we have about a minute and a half. What is the one advice you can give people? Mostly the cannabis is not that different than other products. Uh, so if you're contemplating being a retailer, uh, hopefully you've got some retail experience because it's it's not like it's an easy job to do. So largely it's about being prepared for how to run a business, understanding what the market truly is. So uh, you need to just not you need to understand where your customers are, what they're going to be interested in, um, how you're going to address them, how you're going to encourage them to come back. Uh, retail is about return customers, mostly. Um, so people will try you out, but if they don't like your, the experience in your store, they're, they're, they're probably going to choose somebody else. In 20 seconds, what have you learned about yourself in this process? Uh, that I am... Uh, I have a lot more capacity than I uh, ever thought I, I, I could. Um, so when passion is, is driving you, it's amazing how hard you can work. And, uh, and if you're doing the things that you love, uh, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> Perfect. Angus, thank you. Uh, we reached the end of today's episode of Taking Care of Business. Thank you again, uh, Angus Taylor, CEO, uh, CAO of New Leaf Cannabis, for sharing your partners and your effort and journey in becoming a licensed cannabis retailer. Uh, we wish you 
of course, all the best and success in securing a license so you can come back with some samples uh, once it's legal. Uh, next week, we'll have uh, new guests sharing with us their experience and, and as entrepreneurs. I would like to hear back from you at dvwallach at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. As usual, thank you, uh, Aaron, my dedicated engineer, for pushing me to be on time, and Cassandra for uh, being our PR manager. Uh, we'll meet you here at www.voiceamerica.com variety next Tuesday, February 27th, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.